When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Smart journalism, fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, oh, let's go. Let's go for the night owls, for the third shifters, for the college football fans, absolutely on another level right now after after the Pac-12 after dark delivered. What's going on? I'm Chris Plank, Jason Martin. I, I, if you don't like me, you're screwed for the next two weeks. You might want to, I don't know, reset the sleep schedule or something. Because at J Mart Zone is what's the what's the term? Getting hitched or uh, got hitched? So it's wedding celebration time. I think there is a I think there's a honeymoon mixed in over the next few weeks. So the man who rarely takes a night off gives me an opportunity for the next two weeks to talk not just about the NFL, but obviously I'm a I'm a college football guy. It's what I cover. It's where my roots are because I'm here in Oklahoma. And I I just think today is one of those days, or I guess maybe now that it's officially Sunday, today was one of those days, or yesterday was one of those days, to where everything you thought you kind of knew heading into today was thrown somewhat out the window. If I had a dollar 
for every podcast and sports radio show that I listened to that told me that Georgia's going to destroy Notre Dame. Not even going to be close. It's going to be a blowout. I'd be a very rich man right now. Or, or if I had a little bit of coin for every time I've heard about the greatness, the greatness of Jim Harbaugh, I'd be a pretty rich man right now. Or the depth of the SEC. Thank you, Arkansas. I wouldn't be working this shift. I'd be asleep or I'd be out in Vegas with Bernie Fratto wasting it all. My point is, that's what makes that's what makes college football so fun. And if I was somebody who made my hay, if you will, when it comes to wagering or predictions, I'd be a pretty frustrated dude right now. I, al- I almost feel like the only thing that we know for certain in college football right now is that Tennessee stinks. I feel like that's about the only thing we know for sure. Tennessee is awful. But beyond that, I mean, Illinois was leading Nebraska late in that game. <laughs> and and then, and then, to cap everything off on a Saturday night after looking inept, after looking completely and totally clueless, the UCLA Bruins pull off the unfathomable as we welcome you into the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. And Brian Finley would be on updates all night long. Brian covers UCLA as close as anybody else. Brian, what did we just witness tonight? I mean, through all the madness of the day, through all the insanity of what took place throughout college football during the day, from uh, Central Florida losing, to North Carolina getting beat by Appalachian State, to the crazy game between Georgia and Notre Dame tonight, to even, oh my goodness, Oklahoma State and Texas. I know, how dare I talk about the Big 12 on a national stage. From even Oklahoma State to Texas, what an incredible day of college football. And then we cap it all off tonight with one of the more confusing confounding, uh, I'm quickly running out of adjectives to try to make sense of what took place when UCLA started a rally from the depths of absolutely nowhere. Thompson Robinson, play fake, looking left, all kinds of time, now throws back, wide open in the far corner of the end zone, it's caught, touchdown UCLA, Devin Asiasi. And that was just the start, that was just the start, Washington State was holding on to a 32-point lead in the fourth quarter. If you're just waking up, say maybe you're like me and you try to sneak in a nap this evening, but you thought, I don't have to pay attention to this game. It's 49-17. Guess what? UCLA showed some heart. Now, they were helped. Six turnovers by Washington State helped out quite a bit, including a late fumble. But Chip Kelly decided to go for it on a a fourth down instead of kick a game-tying field goal. They didn't get the first down. Washington State then fumbled on its next series. DTR made him pay. I mean, Brian Finley, help me figure out what in the world happened tonight up in Pullman. This, Chris, is the second best comeback for the Bruins ever. You, you <laughs> Wait, only the second? I, so, so you might remember just two years ago they came back from 34 down against Texas A&M. They had been trailing the Bruins 44-10. In the third quarter of that game, came back and won. This was 32, and it was 50 points scored in the last about 19 minutes 
of the game. Just absolutely insane because by the start of the third quarter, Chris, and you were watching this, I mean, they were sputtering offensively. Yeah. And it looked like Washington State was just going to run up the score and win convincingly. To give you an idea of just how unlikely the numbers that were put up late in this game by UCLA actually were. And, Brian, you live this, you cover this. In, in, in the Job Beyond updates here on Fox Sports Radio, you cover UCLA. UCLA scored more points in the second half of their game against Washington State than they did in the first three games combined. 14, 14, and 14. Chris, you were on hand for one of those 14-point games against Oklahoma, and the offense was a a big source of frustration for the fans and for the players, and a lot of people were blaming the offensive line. A lot of people were blaming Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the quarterback, and, oh, maybe we need a new QB in there. And people were saying Chip Kelly, you know, living in the past, and he needs to go. And now what are they saying? I mean, for those that doubted him, he has befuddled you. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's a good term yeah. to use. So Absolutely that, befuddling. And, 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 and what he's done here, he's got, and, and Chris, you know this, he's gotten a lot of flack for not running the Oregon-style offense here at UCLA and, and, and really not a lot of tempo, which he was so notorious for with the Ducks because he just, in his words, doesn't have the right horses to do those things. But from a, a quarterback perspective, Dorian Thompson-Robinson played the game of his life. And yeah. the turnovers you pointed out to were just spectacular. But these guys showed so much heart on the yeah. road. They were like 19-point underdogs. It is probably for for me, and again, I'm not, I don't try to deal too much in hyperbole, or I don't try to get too. I'm not a hot take warrior. <laughs> uh, I'm really not. Uh, even though I'm going to get triggered at some point tonight, I've I've warned Chris and Ryan uh, back in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios when we talk Antonio Brown, I will get triggered, and it's all about the Raiders. So I'm just making that clear, so you guys don't have to call me out on it. But back to this game. That's the wildest comeback based on this that I've ever seen. The three games leading into it and where UCLA, quote-unquote, is or was as a program. The heat that had taken place throughout the first three games on Chip Kelly. Uh, You mentioned it with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR, how many had questioned whether or not he was the guy and if if he could handle being the guy for UCLA, crowds that were abysmal. They were outnumbered by Oklahoma for the most part last week, or maybe close to outnumbered. And then they go on the road to a ranked team. They go on the road to a ranked team. They fall behind by 32, and they still win the game? I don't care if you turn the ball over six times or not. I mean, Brian, this has to fall into a category of about as unlikely of a comeback as we have ever seen in college football. Yeah, and the 130 points scored most in a Pac-12 game ever. So it just shows you the history. The 50 points in the second half... I will read this tweet, if I may. This is Josh Rebholtz. He's high up in the pecking order with the UCLA Athletic Department, and he posted a video, or excuse me, a picture or two. One of them shows Chip Kelly embracing Dorian Thompson-Robinson in the tunnel, leaving the field. And Josh Rebholtz wrote, quote, You have to believe even when it feels like no one else does. 
embrace the journey. And I think that caps off just where this team is and how many people were, like we said, ready to rule out Chip Kelly, were trashing Dorian Thompson-Robinson and this offense. And now those people are speechless. By the way, they get Arizona next week, so I'm sure Arnie will be ready for (laughs) all kinds of trash talk next week, so be ready. All right. Well, Brian, I know we'll talk about this a lot tonight, but uh, what a comeback win for UCLA as they go on the road in Pullman. They fall behind by 32 in the third quarter. They rally to stun Washington State. I want to play a little bit of Chip Kelly here in his postgame, but before we do that, the numbers, again, If you're an anti-college football fan, which I guess from my perspective, I just love football, so I've never really understood it, but there's that faction out there, and and listen, I'm not... I'm not trying to call you an elitist, but you're an elitist. Where you say, well, I need defense being played, and there's no defense being played. Well, this was not the game for you, my friend. But Dorian Thompson-Robinson threw five touchdowns, a career-high 507 yards through the air. He was 25 of 38 for 507 yards and five touchdowns. And in setting a record in what has to be – I don't even know how you go to Anthony Gordon and say, hey, sorry, man, we lost this game. The Washington State quarterback threw a record nine touchdown passes. You heard right, nine. Threw for 570 yards. And of the six turnovers, only two of them were interceptions. And they ran for 100. Both teams ran for 150 yards. Try to wrap your arms and your mind around that. Not only did you have two quarterbacks throw for over 500 yards, but you had two running backs in Kelly for UCLA and Borgie for Washington State. Over, uh, oh, Kelly just short of 100 yards, excuse me. 123 yards rushing for Washington State in addition to the 570 yards passing. Uh, I'm still trying to recover from this. We were listening to Birdie and the Straight Out of Vegas crew, but we were yelling and screaming like crazy trying to figure out exactly how this thing was going to end. And you know what? It, it's a great night because of the way the game finished. But that's a gut punch for the Pac-12. I mean, that's probably I, – I am a big fan. I'm a big believer that chaos is going to happen in college football this year. I mean, we still have yet to have a, a four-team playoff mix – where we are truly considering a two-loss team. Now, I know, I know that last year the powers that be were pushing for Georgia despite the fact that they got skunked by Auburn and despite the fact that when they had their big opportunity against Georgia, or excuse me, against Alabama, and were leading in the second half, they blew it. I get it. I understand. I know, I know there was a faction pushing for Georgia, but I don't think they were legitimately in the mix as much as, say, Ohio State was with Oklahoma. So with that in mind, I still think we're in a situation where chaos could reign. So I'm not ready to necessarily eliminate anyone in the four-team playoff mix. But I do think a handful of playoff contenders, or maybe what we could say teams with playoff aspirations, 
found themselves on life support. And we'll dive into that coming up next. Hey, want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically with no limit to how much we'll match. Millions of people a year are getting their cash back matched. Discover cash back match. What are you waiting for? Learn more at discover.com slash cashback match. And real quick, before we grab our first time out, here was victorious head coach, uh, victorious UCLA head coach Chip Kelly just moments ago. Well, I'm just happy for our players. They've they put in a lot of time. We're young, you know. We're maybe the youngest team in the in the country, but they know they've battled and they've given great effort. We played a heck of a schedule now. Play San Diego State, Cincinnati, and Oklahoma. I put that schedule for the start of the season against anybody, and for our guys to come back the way they did and keep battling back. They they believe in each other. They trust each other, and I'm just really happy for our players. By the way, uh, I, I appreciate Chip trying to build up the schedule, but no, man, come on. I mean, yes, UCLA's a, or Oklahoma's a top five team, and they had UCL uh, Oklahoma in their place. San Diego State is not a team that you should be getting beaten by, nor technically, I guess, is Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a good American Athletic Conference team. You shouldn't be losing to them on the road. But I get what he has to do. I completely and totally get what he has to do. He's got a big thing up. And I don't blame it at all. I don't blame them at all. Big win tonight for UCLA as they rally to beat Washington State 67-63. to All right, it's it's become the biggest story, but as I said, we've got some teams whose playoff hopes are on life support. And we'll dive into it next. I'm Chris Plank, and for Jason Martin, this is Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! 
and even checkouts not until four so because the american express platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants elevated experiences at live events and 4 p.m late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel that's the powerful backing of american express see how to elevate your experiences at americanexpresscom slash with amex terms apply all right welcome back to fox sports radio on a sunday morning we got a lot to get to on week three of the NFL, but I'm a big college football guy. It's kind of where my, I guess you could see my foundation is. So we have a ton to recap from college football's week four. Started conference play for a lot of teams, had a couple good marquee matchups today. Lots, lots of fallout from UCLA's comeback tonight. Of all the things that I hadn't planned on diving into on tonight's show. I'll, I'll be honest. I thought there was no way we would be talking UCLA-Washington State. So breaking down the fourth wall here real quick from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Again, Jason Martin out. I'm Chris Plank. We'll pull the crew from Brian Finley to Chris Perfect to Ryan Bersinger to kind of dig into what we learned. But in the central time zone, God's time zone, you know, at 2 to 5 a.m. can be a little bit of a stretch for a family guy. So I thought, you know what? Here's what I'll do. As soon as, as soon as Notre Dame and Georgia wraps up, I'll just grab a quick little nap, maybe get me about an hour, and that'll get me through the night. So when I saw the score from Washington State UCLA, I felt, oh, we're good here. Oh, I don't have to pay attention to that. We won't even mention it on the show. Well, that changed rather quickly. And what's great about a game like that is if you follow the right people on Twitter or maybe you create a list or whatever with college football people, it's great how I know that a majority of us probably reach a point in the Central Eastern time zones where you're like, oh, this football thing's been going all day long. I just want to sleep. But then you can't help but go all in on a game like that. So congratulations to UCLA. They found a way to get it done. Uh, Gardner Minshew mania finally slows down for like 24 hours. I'm sure it'll ratchet back up tomorrow, or I guess later today during all the pregame shows. But, yeah, UCLA gets it done. So before I pay off my tees, before we get into a couple of teams who maybe were handed their pink slip for their playoff considerations, let's bring in the crew. You've already heard from Brian Finley tonight. Brian's our update anchor. He'll have uh, – I don't really know if there's anything we'll be updating throughout the night except for more we learn statistically from this UCLA comeback and then other tidbits throughout the day. But, Brian, beyond that UCLA game, what really caught your eye in college football today in Week 4? I am disgruntled, Chris, about the way that Cal Ole Miss game ended. I don't think that you was should right. Be. Yeah, I don't think that was right. And I'm a little partial because my sister and my dad went to Ole Miss. Didn't you go? I like to claim I did. Okay, that's fine. So I I went to college in North Carolina, but I used to cover the Ole Miss football team during the the high times of Hugh Freeze. I was a reporter in Memphis who would go down there and had some great years. But, yeah, I mean, that was probably the most disgusting ending and just made me want to vomit, to be honest with you. Ole Miss scored a touchdown on that last play. Yeah, oh, yeah. That that was – and I don't mean the quarterback sneak, but – I, I'm of the understanding, and maybe this is maybe this is a me problem, but I thought in college football they take a look at just about every single play like that, and the fact that nobody nobody buzzed down from up top, the fact that nobody took a moment to say, 
hey, we need we need to look at this. The dude was laying in the end zone. The ball had broke the plane of the end zone. It was a touchdown. At the very least, they should have had an opportunity to go for two. I mean, ah, I'm sorry. Finley, that was one of the most perplexing plays of the day, I think, in all of college football. I agree, and the Ole Miss interim AD is is certainly frustrated. I think he sent a note out publicly, and I think he's hoping for the Pac-12 to have a response. Obviously, they were the officials that were overseeing the game, and and they've got some, some things they've got to say because the way they handled that, they better have a good response because they don't look really good right now. And again, if, if you missed that, there were 14 seconds left. Ole Miss was driving down by 8 to Cal, which, by the way, was a little bit crazy that they kicked that game off at 9 a.m. Pacific time. So good body clock stuff for Cal there to, to actually pull out the win. But when they threw the touchdown, the quarterback for Ole Miss thought it was a touchdown. He was celebrating. And the line judge, the side judge, came running in and set the ball down at the one-yard line. Again, don't know what he's looking at. have no idea what he's, what he's catching there. Uh, but then without a timeout, Ole Miss had to hustle up there. They tried a quarterback sneak, didn't get in. Ball game over. California wins. Cal is now 4-0 on the season. But, oof, that was, that was bad, man. That was as bad as you're going to see. All right. So from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, we go from Brian Finley to Chris Perfect who has been all over college football today as he preps for Kyler Murray v. what? Who's a – who are they going up? Carolina tomorrow? Oh, my gosh. It's the Texas A&M matchup at quarterback. I'll explain later on. But, Chris, what caught your eye in the ranks of college football today? Well, well, Chris, I am from the Midwest. I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. I'm not going to talk about my Toledo Rockets, but I do have my eye on – yeah, they win, but <laughs> – I uh, I have my eye on the two old ladies of college football, and that is Notre Dame and Michigan. I don't know where to start. Both are just kind of disappointing right now in very different ways. For Notre Dame, like I'm looking ahead of their schedule. They could run the table. They could end 11 and one, but it won't really matter because at this point, I I can't. You can't trust what Notre Dame brings. I think I saw a stat. Like Notre Dame's all-time record against recent record against AP top five schools is they they've only had one win in like nineteen meetings. Yeah, they're one in eighteen versus top five teams. Yeah, and every time we've seen them in the playoffs, they always just stink it up immediately. So it's like, okay, cool, they lose a close one to Georgia that comes off as a respectable loss. They're going to play Michigan later in the year, but what does it really mean at the end? Like this was probably their toughest matchup, and they just looked anemic throughout the entire game and didn't really give Georgia much of a challenge. Meanwhile, over in Ann Arbor with Michigan with them losing to Wisconsin the knives have been out for for a while now for for Jim Harbaugh but this is just so much more fuel on the fire and the worst thing is happening with the Michigan fans I talk to with the Michigan fans that you know I kind of work with while I cover the Lions it's it's not even anger anymore. It's apathy. It's kind of it's the stages of grief moving towards right. acceptance where you realize this is what Michigan is. This is probably no greater than they can go. And that's probably far more worrying when it comes to Harbaugh. I, I was telling you off air, like I view Michigan right now as kind of in that same vein as the Tennessee and Nebraska of the nineties. And you look, you look forward to today, like Nebraska and Tennessee, maybe they have some shots here and there, but their glories are well and gone. And I think the question is, if you have Jim Harbaugh right now, 
you have probably the best coach you can get. I don't think Jim Harbaugh is a bad coach by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not going to bury him like other people, but if this is what you can do with a coach like Jim Harbaugh, like there's not many greater places you can go. You're not going to go much higher. I I don't see where the future lays for Michigan other than just keep, you know, blowing away some of these games against their betters in the Big 10. And the Big 10's a shallow pool to begin with. Like it was Wisconsin. You, you sometimes lose Wisconsin, especially on the road, but you you got to be better than that if you're Michigan. If you want to be the Michigan, if you want to be the Michigan that people talk about, you want to be the Michigan of Bo Schembechler, it's just not good enough. And I think the realization is setting in for Michigan fans, for Michigan uh, across the board, that this Michigan team, maybe this entire Harbaugh regime, is just not going to be that. And if it's I not think, going to be that, what's the expectations in Michigan? Yeah, uh, I, I think there's also one thing that needs to happen for Michigan football, and this happens to power programs a lot, is there is a, a bit of a reality check that needs to jump in there as well. This, I mean, we, we'll dive into this more in depth as, as the show rolls on. And real quick, before – because we're just getting started on Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, uh, Chris. Ryan Bersinger, what caught your eye today in college football? Uh, Chris, unfortunately – the defending champion goes down. We will have no repeat <laughs> champion this season as UCF loses to Pittsburgh. Uh, no, I, I mean, I don't know. I always root for the, the non-Power Fives to do well, and uh, this was their their one shot. Obviously, they were not as good of a team as they had last year, so Pittsburgh pulls off the, uh, the Pittsburgh special in the end, and then UCF goes down. Also, really quickly, too, um, Auburn. I know it feels weird to say because this is their their second big opponent that they've taken down, but I feel like they're quietly making a very strong case for themselves. And uh, I mean, they didn't really like blow up the scoreboard. Bo Nix only put up a hundred passing yards, but uh, they they had a strong defensive performance against Kellen Mond, and I, I think uh, Auburn is is putting together a strong resume. And if they run the table, I mean, obviously they'll be in the playoffs. So. Uh, Auburn looking good. That was Auburn's looking very good, and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, coming up maybe a little bit next hour, uh, in addition to these teams that I think may have eliminated themselves to a certain degree today, I think there's a handful of teams who may have really started to push themselves into that conversation with the Clemsons, Alabamas, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Georgias of the world that we just kind of assume are going to battle for those 14 playoff spots. And I think Auburn is definitely one of them. That's a good catch on your part. All right, we got much more, as Chris brought up on that Michigan story. I do owe you some teams that I think are on the outs. But as we roll past the bottom of the hour here on Fox Sports Radio, I owe you an update on everything that's happened today in the world of sports. So here's Brian Finley. What's going on, Brian? Hey, what's going on, Chris? And the lead, which we have been talking about a lot so far, UCLA trailing by 32 points in the third quarter, refusing to give up against number 19, Washington State. Snap is off. It's a quick screen pass to Felton. He's got blockers in front of him. Demetric Felton into the end zone. Touchdown, UCLA! Nick Cope of UCLA Learfield IMG College with the call. The Bruins dumbfounding the 19th-ranked Cougs 67-63. The final, it's the highest-scoring game in Pac-12 history. Dorian Thompson-Robinson threw for a career-high 507 yards. Washington State turned it over six times. 
The Bruins had only forced two turnovers in their first three games. And now, just an afterthought, Cougs quarterback Anthony Gordon tossed nine touchdown passes. That shattered Gardner Minshew's previous program record for number of TD passes in a single game of seven. He was at the game, and he was interviewed by just about every media outlet that existed. And not such a great ending on his part and the Cougs. Hey, great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. A couple more games. Yes, there were other college football games that did take place on Saturday. Colorado booting in a 44-yard field goal with about two minutes left to lift. The Buffaloes past 24th-ranked Arizona State, 34-31. Bucks or excuse me, Buffs, uh, acclaimed wideout LaVisca Chanel exited the game with an undisclosed injury in the first quarter. 15th-ranked UCF belly flops against Pittsburgh, 35-34. That snaps UCF's 25-game regular season winning streak. And the final game to end, no, it wasn't UCLA and Washington State. It was over in the islands and Hawaii thumping Central Arkansas, 35-16. Chris, I'm wondering why that score and that game wasn't your lead. Cole McDonald, 300 yards passing, four touchdowns. Back to you. Yeah, you know, that's uh, Jonas kind of has a trademark. He I'm does. talking about Hawaii, so <laughs> I got I to gotta be careful on that. Can't get in trouble. <laughs> Can't get in trouble. Good stuff, Brian, as we welcome you back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I guess I should have pointed this out. I want to hear from you guys tonight. I mean, we've got, uh, what, about two and a half hours left? On a Sunday morning, this show is uh, not by any stretch of the imagination. When I get a chance to sit in here, and I don't think Jason feels this way either, it's not a one-man show from the job Brian, Chris, and Ryan do back in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. But most importantly, EGAS at 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. If you're like me, I don't use my phone to call anybody. In fact, I don't even think I called a single soul in the last three days on my phone. Oh, I'm sorry. I called my wife today to tell her to open the garage door for me. Big time stuff, right? But I'd love to hear from you at 877-99 on Fox. So if you're like me, if you're like me, you can also hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Plank Show or, or at Fox Sports Radio. So appreciate all the love. Get in here. What did we learn on a crazy college football Saturday, and we'll start diving into some NFL notes as the show rolls on. It has been a fast I'm, – I'm running out of adjectives here. It was an amazing day of college football action because, well, there's, there's college football. Uh, it was shocking. It was high scoring. Uh, it was entertaining. And then you kind of dive into looking back on the week that was in the NFL – It was shocking, it was entertaining, it was fascinating, and they haven't even stepped on the field outside of that Titans-Jaguars game on Thursday night. But for my man Shady Sean 420 on Twitter, we shall not mention that Tennessee Titans offensive line tonight, okay? We're all staying sober, we're getting through this together, Sean. We won't talk about the Titans offensive line. All right, so every year, we, and I say we, the royal we, as the dude would say, fall in love with a couple of teams in the preseason, and and maybe the Royal We might even fall in love with a couple of teams after a few games. And it's almost like clockwork that as soon as you fall in love with said team, they do something to break your heart. 
Now, some of these teams, a la you're Chris breaking down Michigan eloquently, teams like Michigan, it's, well, it's like the girlfriend that constantly cheated on you, or we can flip this, the boyfriend, if you would like, that constantly cheated on you, and you always believe that this time it's different. Oh, you know, I gotta, I'm going to take her back. I love her. It's my girl. This time it's different, and inevitably what happens? They break your heart. Michigan football, right? And for some reason, college football media, and maybe even more so beyond just those who consistently cover this incredible sport, but diehard, I guess you could say sports fans, always tend to fall for Michigan. Always tend to fall for Michigan. And I'm not quick to say they're done so done this season, but with the way they lost that game today, and knowing that they still have Ohio State looming at some point in the season, which is always the case for Michigan. In this case, uh, it's a home game on November 30th. Knowing that suddenly that trip to Penn State in three weeks, four weeks, looks a little more challenging. Iowa has proven to be better. They're undefeated on the season right now. Notre Dame is there in a couple of weeks. That's no pushover. I think we ended Michigan's chances of making the playoffs with that loss today. Now, again, I know this goes against my initial thoughts because I don't want to bury any team. But if you go back to why Ohio State was left out of the playoffs last year, the Buckeyes didn't make it because of the way that they lost to Purdue. And I do think that even though this is early in the season, I think losing by three scores in a game that, I don't know, we all agree was much more was much more lopsided than a three-touchdown score, or a three-touchdown final. It, they're done. How you lose matters. Agree with it or disagree in college football, how you lose matters. And Wisconsin beating Michigan the way they did today, in my world, eliminate them from the college football playoff conversation. ESPN, your, your goofy playoff power poll that you have. These games are the most important. The all-state playoff poll or whatever it is that you put together. Stop it. Take the Michigan games out of them. They're irrelevant on this front. Second team I think you can go ahead and eliminate. This is one that we made a mistake of falling for this week, and that's UCF. Love the fact that UCF went and beat Stanford. Guess what? Stanford's awful. And they're not just kind of awful, they're horrible. And that was a really nice win for Josh Heupel's crew. But if you're going to proclaim yourself as a Power 5 school, you're going to take the scheduling approach that you've taken. You can't get beat by Pitt, period. So to me, eliminate UCF. Though in all honesty and in all reality, UCF was never, and I mean ever, going to the four-team playoff in the current setup. It just wasn't happening. And then finally, and, and this one this one does kind of pain me a little bit. And I, and I want to believe that they could still have something to say because we just love to hate on this team nationally. But Notre Dame's out. Notre Dame's out. They're not getting in. And I think part of that is because we're always going to fall for a one-loss team from a power conference over a one-loss team like Notre Dame that's not in a conference. I don't necessarily think it's right. I don't think they looked all that bad tonight. In fact, I thought they looked pretty damn good at times. But Notre Dame's out. Now, 
they could run the table. And I think that's the old that's the old caveat in all of this. You know, you're looking at a team that loses on the road to a top three team and a fairly tight game. But as I mentioned, they still have to go to Michigan. Uh, but that's it. I mean, that's the only true ranked team they have left on their schedule. I mean, Virginia next week, and I want to believe in Bronco Mendenhall, my man Sean Griswold out there in Virginia. But my goodness, you guys almost lost to Old Dominion today. So in my world, I'm eliminating three teams, one that was probably already out in UCF. I think you can say goodbye to Michigan and Notre Dame's out of the playoff conversation. So when we come back, since we've talked elimination for a handful of teams, there's a couple of teams that I'm really falling for in college football. The same way, again, going back to the relationship conversation, the same way I can easily fall for the girl at the bar that's giving me a little bit of attention, I feel like there's a few teams giving me some attention, and I like it. And I got to tell you about it next on Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. So you're going to hear this a lot tonight, but it's 
without a doubt, one of the most amazing comebacks I think we'll ever see in college football. Snap is off. It's a quick screen pass to Felton. He's got blockers in front of him. Demetric Felton into the end zone. Touchdown, UCLA. Courtesy of the UCLA uh, Learfield IMG Radio Network, Chip Kelly afterwards. He's just a tough kid, and he just keeps growing every week. You know, he, he got thrown in the mix early last year, and, and every week he got better every game. This is game four. He's better in game four than he was in game one, and he's a competitor. He's as tough as I've ever had. I love him. UCLA was down 32 points tonight. You heard right. 32 points, and somehow, some way, found a way to beat Washington State. As we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, listen, I I am still in shock by what happened in that game. So, no, I don't think we need to apologize for over-talking about what UCLA did, but I would have to imagine that Brian Finley's been on updates. For those who don't know, Brian covers UCLA quite extensively. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian with a Y, Finley. Still got to be one of the more shocking developments that we've seen based on the three games that we had as evidence heading into tonight's game and then the first half. Hell, Brian, even into the third quarter as well. Yeah, I mean, Chris, I was looking at what Mike Leach said in the postgame, and there's a great quote. He said, if we play the way we did in the first half, nobody can beat us. If we play the way we did in the second half, Everybody can beat us. So if that doesn't sum it up in a short blurb, I don't know what does. Well, we, we, we did find out that, that, that anyone that could beat them ended up being UCLA tonight. So a pretty crazy finish. I, I saw one more stat that jumped out at me that I wanted to share before we moved past this game and before we wrapped up our first hour. The 50 points scored by UCLA were the most by an FBS team in the second half of a game since Nebraska back in 1996 when they scored 56 at Oklahoma. Much different time, Sooner Nation. Much different time. I know we've all had therapy to get past that dark time in Sooner Athletics. But Nebraska scored 56 in the second half against Oklahoma in 1996. And it was the most by a Pac-12 team since Washington scored 56 against some school called Whitman in 1931. That's how historic tonight. We're going back to 1931 to find stats that can somehow fit with this bad boy. Oh, and our buddy Josh Dubow from the AP points out that with Arizona's loss, The Pac-12 has only one unbeaten team left. That one unbeaten team is Cal. And Josh points out that it might be around 1950, the last time that Cal was the last unbeaten in its conference. Oh, and you went wild night. Stuart Mandel pointed this out earlier. This game is very reminiscent of what happened during Jared Goff's final season at Cal whenever they rallied to beat Washington State 60-59. to In that game, Cal scored 47 second-half points, and Jared Goff threw for 527 yards, while Halliday for Washington State threw for 734. 734. 
Washington State gained 812 yards that night five years ago, but lost to Cal 60 to 59. So just a, a historic night in the Pac-12 and a little bit of juice from Pac-12 after dark that maybe we didn't think we were going to get. Oh, yeah, by the way, Colorado beat Arizona State. Kind of lost in the mix. Mel Tucker wearing his shorts going out there and leading Colorado to a big win after they lost to Air Force the week before. Hey, want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically with no limits to how much will match. Millions of people a year are getting their cash back matched. Discover Cashback Match. What are you waiting for? Learn more at discover.com slash uh, cashback match. All right, listen, I owe you some teams that I'm falling for. There is a handful of teams in college football, maybe some of them on a buy this week, that I'm absolutely falling for that I think could have something to say about the four-team playoff. We'll run down that, get you all the highlights, and get you ready for the NFL next on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, we got a busy hour, too. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. J-Mart is, I believe, on his honeymoon, maybe getting married. I think getting married. Regardless, he'll be back in a couple of weeks. I'll figure it out at some point. But uh, we got you covered. So we'll have tons of college football this hour. And then the show will shift into more of an NFL preview show after the bottom of the hour. So if you have your hot college football takes, get in here now. I'm on Twitter at Plank Show. You can follow me, but I basically only tweet about the Oklahoma Sooners and the Big 12, but that's at Plank Show. Everybody should be following us at Fox Sports Radio. And, of course, you can do something that I haven't done in a very long time, which is pick up the phone and make a call at 877-99 on Fox 877-996-6369. Brian Finley on updates all night long. He was dialed into that 67-63 comeback win by UCLA. The third largest comeback in FBS history in Big 12 after dark. Uh, Chris Perfect on the wheels of steel. And Ryan Bersinger is the first voice you hear when you dial us up at 877-99 on Fox. Though I I like to kick off this 3 a.m. hour central time. If you've been out, you've been enjoying the night, Don't drink and drive. Be smart. There's these incredible things called Ubers and Lyfts and Friends. Don't make a potential life-changing and life-ending mistake. I'm not here to preach to you tonight. I'm not here to try to be dad. I'm just here to hopefully make sure you make the right decisions, right? Don't make a mistake. Be smart. Are we done with the preaching part of the show tonight, Plank? Can we move on now? Let's go. All right, so at the 15 break, I want to get all the highlights because I spent like 20 minutes before the show going through all these highlights. And I realized, you know, I do a show on Sunday nights with Arnie Spanier. He hates highlights. If you play a highlight cut, the dude throws a fit. Ah, I knew that happened. So uh, I, I like to use those opportunities whenever the editors did all their hard work to, to gather all the information to at least reward them by highlighting some of the big plays of the day. And we'll do that coming up here in moments on Fox Sports Radio. But first, let me pay off a tease from last hour. And I I hate the playoff conversation after week four. I really do. But I get it. I mean, it's the same reason why you have people that put together bowl projections in July. And it's funny 
because we'll see those bold projections as fans, and what will we do? We'll get mad. We'll get mad over a bold projection in July. Why? I think because we're all insane, but still, it happens. So I I don't try to get too carried away. You know, last hour, who did we bury in the playoff conversation? We buried Michigan. We buried Notre Dame tonight. And we officially put the stake in the heart of the magical mid-major, which is my guy, unfortunately, Josh Heupel and the UCF Golden Knights. But I do think beyond sitting here saying, oh, these are the teams that are in, I think we've seen a handful of teams suddenly generate a little bit more buzz. I think we've seen four or maybe even five teams who have found themselves entering that kind of forbidden five of Oklahoma, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. Because anytime there's been a, a playoff conversation, and I guess you could say what? What, Chris, is it fair to say that kind of Michigan has always been on that fringe because we try to push Michigan into that conversation? Is that maybe fair to throw Michigan in that conversational mix at the very least? I think there's always hope at the start of the year. Like, There's a few schools that get that that preseason push. Michigan, Notre Dame, USC. Texas. Texas. Well, I mean, you're the Oklahoma guy here, but... I see it all the time. (laughs) But it's, yeah, when it comes to Michigan, and especially in this era with the hype from Jim Harbaugh, I think there is people who just want to see this succeed in Michigan because it's good for ratings, it's good for the brand. Michigan is one of those... It is the blue blood. It's the oldest, one of the oldest programs in the country. It's one of the winningest of all time, and it means a lot to the region, and everything else, and you just want to see something else yeah. out of the Big Ten. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah we definitely want to see Michigan we, like up there. So we tend to push them in that in that kind of fringe. But there's also a handful of teams that I don't think we had talked about much. And as the season progresses, I feel like they continue to build what may be a very strong case towards playoff, at least conversations. So, point being, we have five, maybe six teams that every year are in that conversation. I mean, Oklahoma's lost back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners, but yet they're still right in the heart of this conversation thanks to how Jalen Hurts has kind of smoothly transitioned in to to the quarterback position under Lincoln Riley. Clemson and Alabama, you want to figure out how they get it done? Just look at the recruiting rankings. I mean, half of Clemson's defense – was drafted in the first couple of rounds of the NFL draft this year. Same for Alabama, but boom, they're 1-2 in the country. And again, I don't know if I've been impressed by Clemson yet, but they do play in the ACC, which means they will not be challenged at all. You guys want to make fun of the Big 12? Have you watched the ACC? Have you paid attention to that garbage that's out there? I mean, Virginia's got a shot, but they nearly blew it tonight to ODU. So anyway... Here's a couple of teams that I'm starting to fall for. It's like uh, the attention I'm getting from the cute girl at the bar, and I'm ready to buy in. One of them is a little bit of a slam dunk, and maybe it's easy. It's Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin's schedule, especially with the implosion by Northwestern, Michigan State, even though they won today, not being nearly as good as we thought they were going to be. uh, I mean, Wisconsin's got a great chance. When they play Ohio State, on October 26th, to be sitting at 6-0, 7-0, excuse me. They destroy Michigan today. 
They've got one of the most electric players in college football in Jonathan Taylor. And here's their next four games. They've got Northwestern at home. They take on the Kent State Golden Flashes. Then they get Michigan State at home before traveling to Champaign to take on Illinois. Now, they'll face a very challenging three-game stretch because they go to Ohio State on the 26th of October. They host Iowa after a bye week on November 9th. And then we'll see where Nebraska is by November 16th. But that's a very challenging three-game stretch. With that said, I think they've got a great chance to represent the West in the Big Ten Championship game. I think we've seen in, in Jack Cohn a guy who can, can handle it at the quarterback position. And I think in Jonathan Taylor, you got a playmaker. So, I mean, this is a team that's tied for third nationally in points per game because we can talk about yardage. We can talk about total yards. We can talk about total defense. And it's an irrelevant stat anymore. It really is. What's your scoring offense? What's your scoring defense? And, I mean, Wisconsin is scoring an average of, what, 50 points per game right now? And they finally gave up a touchdown in the second half to Michigan. It was the first touchdown they'd given up all season long. In three games, they've given up 14 points. So maybe I'm falling a little bit. Maybe there's some recency bias going on here. But I'm the first one to admit it when I'm guilty of it. I'm falling for Wisconsin. So let me uh, – Brian Finley, I'm falling for Wisconsin. Are you with me or against me that they could have something to say about the playoff mix? I think you're acting a little bit emotional here, Chris. I I can handle it. Yeah, I think this is an emotional thing for you. And might you change your mind in a couple weeks? I think so. Could could happen. (laughs) Absolutely. So I've got Wisconsin as the team I'm falling for. Here's another team. Do you know who everyone was talking about out of the SEC in the preseason? You know, everyone started to fall for because of recruiting rankings and and the amount of building and the amount of revenue that's been generated by this school. Texas A&M. Oh, telling you guys what, it's only a matter of time before Jimbo Fisher gets it done. Listen to just about any college football pundit. They will preach to you about the greatness of Jimbo Fisher. And it may happen in time, but it's just not this year. So while everyone was falling for Texas A&M, A lot of people were trying to get Gus Malzahn fired. In fact, uh, Gus Malzahn was basically fired midweek based on a report that I read. Now, again, I'm not throwing shade by any stretch of the imagination on Sports by Brooks. I mean, that dude is uh, dialed in. He's tied in. I just think he's wrong on this Auburn story. First of all, because I've seen Bob Stoops in retirement. Bob Stoops is not going to come back to coach college football, period. Secondly, would you really go to a job where you're – you're chosen by the booster? I mean, this isn't your kid's soccer team. You know, the, the hot mom didn't want you to coach the team. I mean, this is – you're going to a school where a booster is the guy that wants to bring you in? Uh, no, 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 no. Bob Stoops isn't going to Auburn. And I don't think Gus Malzahn's going anywhere because Auburn's damn good, guys. They went on the road and for the sixth straight time beat Texas A&M. They're sitting at 4-0 this year. I am not buying into Tulane. I think Tulane's a nice story. Uh, that was a great finish against Houston, obviously. Houston fell asleep. But it looks a lot better as a win, thanks to what Tulane has done over the last couple of weeks. The Tulane win for Auburn looks a lot better than the Houston win, unfortunately, for Oklahoma right now. But they maybe have the best non-conference win in college football this year, beating Oregon. 
Now, I know that we could have a little debate about Georgia's win over Notre Dame today, and that's fine. I'm not, like I said, this isn't a hill I'm ready to die on right now. But, Chris, perfect. I'm falling for the 4-0 Auburn Tigers, knowing knowing that they have a road trip coming up on October 26th to take on LSU in the Bayou, and that they do play Georgia and Alabama this year, but, but they get both games at home. So am I crazy for falling for Auburn, or do you think I could be on line here with maybe a potential playoff contender? I could see them playing spoiler for Georgia and LSU. I do not see them in the Iron Bowl, however. Auburn, they like being in this place, though. This is their this is their preferred place to be, is to look at the SEC West and be like, yeah, we're just going to cause a little bit of chaos here. We've got a good enough team with Gus Malzahn. We play a weird offense, and we're just going to start shredding tires here and there. But I just think that... Alabama is just so good right now that it's hard for me to look at them and say that they're going to repeat what they did to them in 2013. This this Auburn squad isn't that special, but it it, it is interesting. I can see why you're falling for them. Absolutely. I'm falling for them. I'm falling for them. Look out. Here come the Tigers. Now, you might say to yourself, you can't be falling for a team in their same conference. You can't do that. That'd be like, why am I using so many analogies involving dating? I've been married for 11 years. It's not like I'm out on the scene or something right now. But it'd be like uh, you're in love with a girl, but then you also want to spend some time hanging out with her sister, right? It would make no sense to not only say that you're falling for a team in the conference, but also in that you're falling for a team in their division? I'm falling for LSU, and I, I get it. I know that this one is very much, I think, a media-driven story right now. Yes, it's impressive to see them actually realize that you can advance the football by throwing it, which is, I think, a shock to a lot of people in Baton Rouge right now. It's like, wait a minute, what a, what is that thing that the quarterback is doing where he puts air underneath it and it glides? What is going on here? But with their sudden realization that the spread offense is a thing and you can empower your quarterback – Joe Burrow has been fantastic. In fact, I'm a Heisman voter. He's very much in consideration, I think, for the Heisman Trophy conversation right now. Granted, our votes and our ballots aren't due until December, so that's a good thing. But Joe Burrow, 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns. They're not making mistakes. Their special teams have been really good. They're sitting at 4-0. If if we're going to debate if Oregon's win over Auburn was the best of the non-conference so far this year, then maybe one could say, as I brought up earlier, no, 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 it was what Georgia did today to Notre Dame. One might argue, wait a minute, it's what LSU did to Texas earlier this season. So they have one of the signature non-conference wins. They have they have some of their big games at home this year. Let me explain when I say some. They get Florida. They get Auburn. And they get Texas A&M at home. The scary thing on their schedule, and complete and total disrespect meant to Mississippi State, they got to go to Alabama this year for the Iron Bowl. So I know that a lot of people have already circled November 19th, but Ryan Bersinger, am I crazy for falling for Ed Orgeron and the LSU Tigers as a team that could potentially end up in this four-team playoff mix? I don't think you're crazy at all. I, I think looking at their schedule, I legitimately, I'm, I'm with you. I believe in this team. I think Burrow's ridiculous. So um, I think they're going to end up with just one loss to Alabama, 
and then they're going to be that one lost team that gets into the playoff. I, I, I fully believe in that. They would be that one lost team to Alabama, which means they likely wouldn't go to the SEC championship game. It also would depend on how tight the game was between the Tigers and the Crimson Tide. Because, I mean, if Alabama blows them out, then we might not be able to make a case for them. But, I mean, now we're looking at four SEC teams who I think are right now in the heart of this conversation for playoff consideration. I mean, Alabama and Georgia are always there, at least since Kirby Smart took over at Georgia. Now you throw Auburn at 4-0 and LSU at 4-0. The great thing about Alabama, Auburn, and LSU is they all play each other since they're in the same division. I've got one more team that I'm pseudo-falling for, but I need to I need to take some time to let everyone get prepared because it's a Pac-12 team, and it's not Cal. But I think they're better than what people are saying they are, and I'll tell you about it next. We come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios here. It's uh, Chris Plank. That's me sitting in for Jason Martin, and we want to tell you something amazing. Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically with no limit to how much will match. Millions of people a year are getting their cash back matched. Discover cash back match. What are you waiting for? Learn more at discover.com slash cash back match. All right, I'm falling for a team that I didn't want to bring up in these normal everyone else is talking about them teams. I'll prepare the crew so they don't curse on the air next right here on Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, 
6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. All right, it's... I almost said Arnie and Plank. That's later tonight. I'm Chris Plank sitting in for Jason Martin. Welcome you back to the Fox Sports Radio studios, which are brought to you by Geico. Brian Finley's got an update coming up at the bottom of the hour. Chris Perfett running the show. Ryan Bershinger, I guess you could say chilling, waiting, counting down to the start of the NFL Week 3, which we have tons of notes starting to roll in because over the last couple of Do I say years? Maybe it's been weeks. But at about this time, both Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter start rolling through all kinds of injury news. So we'll get the latest injury updates as we head into week three of the NFL season. Plus, I have tons of highlights from week four of the college football season coming up. We'll get to it all. Real quick, I saw this from our buddy Larry Brown on Twitter moments ago, and Chris, since you and I were talking about this earlier, I wanted to go in-depth before I throw my surprise team that I'm I'm still considering for playoff contention. Larry Brown tweeted, Jim Harbaugh had Michigan 10-1 and last year with their loss to a Notre Dame team that made the playoff. They beat three straight ranked opponents. And 10 months later, people are saying the game has passed them by? Think about how ridiculous that is. I am a... I'm a believer in Jim Harbaugh. I think that we get caught up in all the goofiness from what staying overnight at a kicker's house, his infatuation with the Walmart khakis, the one and nine mark against AP top 10 teams. But it's a fair point, And Chris, you grew up around a lot of Michigan fans. This is a program that has prior to Jim Harbaugh taking over, he's had three 10-win seasons in his first four years, and now this is his fifth. They had three 10-plus win seasons combined heading into Jim's first year in 2015 between Lloyd Carr in 2003 and Brady Hoke in 2014. I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that you need to have lowered expectations, but... It's not as if Jim Harbaugh has been awful for Michigan. It's just these big-time games, he hasn't been able to get them over the hump. And that's what you expect when you pay a guy what they're paying him and also the reputation that he brought with him, right? Yeah, and it's also that he yaps a lot about <laughs> SEC schools and everything that's else, true. too. And it's I think it's a little frustrating sometimes. It's like he's talking all this, but then – he just can't get past Ohio State or Wisconsin in the regular seasons. So we never actually get to see that Michigan versus a, like an Alabama to see what would actually happen when the rubber meets the road there. But you talk about expectations, and I think expectations at Michigan are just going to remain as high as they are. And part of they that's should. because the school down south at Ohio State is out there winning championships. And even after Urban Meyer, they still look pretty good. And like, yeah, this is this is Michigan. It's it it's a name. It's it's one of the blue bloods of college football. People at who are Michigan fans, boosters, 
people who just view the program have expectations not to just be 10-win teams, but to go to the playoffs or to be a national title contention or to be going for Big Ten titles or going for the Rose Bowl. Like, mm-hmm. And Michigan has been absent from all of that for so long that it just makes people more and more impatient as the years wear by. And when Harbaugh came in, it was the promise of that all that, as you say, Lloyd Carr, Brady Hoke, that's all going to change right now, and it really hasn't. It's it's like Pedro said when he was giving his speech to be class president. If you choose me, all of your wildest dreams will come true. Michigan fans expected all of their wildest dreams to come true. And Harbaugh is now 4-11 and versus teams in the top 15 at game time. He's 14 and 11 in games away from the big house and he's 5 and 11 away from home against winning teams. So think about that. Uh he's 9 and 0 on the road against teams that are unranked or have a losing record, but against winning teams he's just 5 and 11 away from the big house. I'm not I'm not ready to panic too terribly much quite yet because again we are talking about a guy that's won 38 games in his first four seasons heading into this year. But if if your expectation is national championships every single year, like I think most of us have in college football, if you're a fan of a team, you expect national championships every single year, then maybe you need to reset your focus a little bit on that front. I don't think Michigan's ever moving away from Jim Harbaugh. I think Jim Harbaugh, might decide someday to move away from Michigan, but I don't think Michigan and it's, you know, Brady Quinn talked about it a while back, Chris. They were talking about a lifetime deal for Jim Harbaugh. They were putting together regents, or I guess maybe regents isn't the best word to use here. Uh, Boosters were talking about putting together a lifetime deal for Jim Harbaugh. So, I mean, they're obviously happy in one sense, but maybe... Maybe another tough loss this year, and that might change. The way they lost is just what's frustrating, I think, for, for Michigan fans. I think you can stomach losing to Wisconsin. I Again, that's a good football team. Jonathan Taylor is a Heisman Trophy candidate. This is a team in Wisconsin that maybe we tried to catapult into national championship conversations last year when they just weren't ready. They look like a team that's ready this year. But um, can't be losing 35-14 and be down 35-0 in those games. So you've got to be more competitive. Uh, all right, real quick, before Brian rolls in here with an update, let me throw the other team that I'm not quitting on in the 14 playoff, and we'll shift our focus to the NFL for the final segment of the show. Guys, I'm not quitting on USC yet. Go ahead. Go ahead. Cast your booze upon me. Tell me I'm a moron. Tell me I'm an idiot. But here we go. I'm not trying to tell you. You trying to tell me? I'm not trying to tell you that I think – Fink is the answer at quarterback. I still think Keaton Slovis is going to be the guy after he got deemed. But, but, when we get to decision day, if USC can just continue to find ways to win, they will have wins over a top 10 team, a top 20 team in Michigan, or pardon me, Washington, all this Michigan talk. They will have won on the road against Notre Dame. They would have beaten Oregon. They would have beaten Arizona State. Again, all of these are huge asks right now. Huge asks. And, I mean, they've, they've got, as we sit here right now, six to seven ranked teams left on their schedule. So it might be one of the more difficult roads in college football. 
which is why at 3-1, and one, I don't think you can bury USC yet. Because if they run the table, which again, like I said, a huge ask. I'm not saying they're going to do it. I'm not saying I think it's likely. But if they beat Washington, if they beat Notre Dame, if they take care of Oregon at home, if they go beat Cal, oh my gosh, we're going to be losing our minds nationally to get them into the playoff picture. Suddenly, Clay Helton will be the toast of the town. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm not saying it's possible. I'm just telling you that it's out there. That it is something that you cannot snooze on right now. Just everyone wants to bear. Oh, the Pac-12's playoff chances died when USC lost to BYU. No, they didn't. I'm not again. I don't think they're going to win all those games. But if they do, if they do, they will not be left out of the playoff picture. So there's my quick explanation. I will quickly exit stage right and welcome in Brian Finley to get you caught up on everything going on in the world of sports. What's going on, Brian? Hey, what's going on, Chris? A spellbinding finish in the Palouse as UCLA, the Bruins, days 19th-ranked Washington State, 67-63. Yeah, that was college football. The Bruins overcame a 32-point third-quarter deficit by producing 50-second-half points. UCLA forced six turnovers and got their first win against a ranked team since 2015. Bruins quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson accounted for 507 yards in the air, five touchdowns, and afterwards UCLA head coach Chip Kelly praising his signal caller. He's just a tough kid, and he just keeps growing every week. You know, he, he got thrown in the mix early last year, and, and every week he got better every game. This is game four. He's better in game four than he was in game one, and he's a competitor. He's as tough as I've ever had. I love him. Third-ranked Georgia stepping over number 7 Notre Dame, 23-17. Bulldogs quarterback Jake Fromm, 15-yard touchdown pass, the go-ahead score in the fourth quarter. Eighth-ranked Auburn turns aside 17th Texas A&M, 28-20. The Tigers improve to 4-0. Twelfth-ranked Texas upends Oklahoma State, 36-30. Sam Ellinger found the end zone four times. The Longhorns nicks a four-game skid to the Cowboys. Colorado dismisses 24th-ranked Arizona State. 34-31. The Buffs hit the eventual game-winning 44-yard field goal with about two minutes left. And in Major League Baseball, the Cardinals get past the Cubs 9-8, so the Cards maintain a three-game lead in the NL Central. The Cubs drop three games out of that second wildcard spot. They have lost five games in a row. The Brewers batter the Pirates 10-1, so Milwaukee camping out in that second wildcard spot. The Nats have the top spot in the NL wildcard after they duped the Marlins 10-4. Hey, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Chris Plank and the Geico Fox Sports Studios. Thanks a lot, Brian. Brian's still on a high from watching UCLA earlier today. We mentioned the other frustrating part of today was the Ole Miss finish against Cal. I didn't get to ask. I saw I saw uh, Bernie Fratto's still up and listening because the man A never sleeps and B is always working for you. I didn't know what the line was in the game and what potential ramifications that could have from a a gambling perspective. But Keith Carter, the interim athletic director for Ole Miss released this statement, quote, "We are extremely disappointed with the officiating at the end of the game and are expecting a full explanation from the Pac-12 regarding the call and subsequent non-review of the third down play. Boy, it was it was a tough break for Ole Miss, but I also think you have to be more aware of the situation. I mean, 
there was more to this. Quote, we feel strongly that the play should have been reviewed by the Pac-12 officials in the review booth. If the play didn't result in a touchdown, the spot on the ball, the spot of the ball on fourth down was questionable too. I, I agree with everything Keith Carter had to say. But I also think there's some situational awareness that has to kick in. I mean, at, at some point, your quarterback has to realize, holy bleep, my man didn't get in the end zone. So I better get up here and get a play run quickly. I, it's almost as if they didn't have a second play ready after the timeout. So tough loss today for Ole Miss, but good news to the Pac-12. Cal stays undefeated. We saw the note, as we mentioned last hour, from uh, the AP's Josh Dubow, who feels as if this might be the first time since the 50s, the 1950s, y'all, whenever Cal was the last undefeated team in their conference. Is there anything we're missing out, Chris, Ryan, Brian, that we need to hit on from college football today? I'm not necessarily closing the chapter. We have some highlights we're going to play later on. But before we go all in on the NFL, is there any college football storyline you feel like we haven't given the time necessary here this morning? I'm not sure what really to do about Notre Dame at this okay. point. Okay, I think that's fair. I, I don't like. Kind. It's funny because again, I mentioned we talked about Michigan, and one of the things you were talking about is you were rattling off Michigan's numbers against you know teams that are looking as contenders or teams mm-hmm. away from the big house. All I can think in my mind is the same things about Notre Dame, who I believe are now one and eighteen against AP top five ranked teams. You would be correct. And we've seen in the past few years, like when Notre Dame goes to the playoffs, they just get waxed on the floor. Right. And, you know, you had, they had a respectable game against Georgia. I really can't take that away from them. But there's no one else on their schedule I really look at and see any wins they can get that would be impressive. They go to the big house. They play Michigan. They have to play SC every year. Uh, the Stanford game to end the year doesn't look that good anymore. Other than that, they have Virginia Tech, Duke, Navy, Boston College. None of them really move the needle. And, you know, in between Virginia, Bowling Green State, I don't know where it's going to come for Notre Dame to really improve its resume. To I really, I, I think I think you mentioned this earlier. I think I think Notre Dame is out right now. But at the same time, just look at Notre Dame as a program, as a big-time contender for a, for big bowls or looking at them in the future, I don't know where I really trust them right now. It's tough. It's tough to slot them because you also then have to project, okay, well, what then happens to, say, a two-loss SEC team if it's Georgia? I'm, I'm just using this as, as a hypothetical from last year. And let's say one of their losses is to Auburn and then their other – Loss is a tight game in the SEC championship game. You know what's going to happen? The pundits across the country are going to want Georgia back in there instead of a Notre Dame. And I wonder, too, I wonder too, Chris, this is something. When you say, what do we do with Notre Dame? Or how do things pan out for them? And I worry about this whenever I get homeristic about the Oklahoma Sooners and maybe the Big 12 in general. Does past playoff performance. I had to say that real slow. Does past playoff performance, does it affect the way that the selection committee will think come selection Sunday? Because Notre Dame's 
I mean, again, Notre Dame kept it closer with Clemson than Alabama did. We all lost sight of that. But let's face it, from what they did against um, uh, in their first playoff appearance to what they did last year, it hasn't necessarily been pretty for Notre Dame in the 14 playoffs, has it? So uh, same thing for Oklahoma. Listen, I'm not sitting here throwing rocks in a glass house. But do you think that that could end up hurting a team like Notre Dame if they run the table, they sit there with one loss, and there's a couple of two-loss teams around them? Not really, just because it is such a national brand. I think there will be that push to include Notre Dame just to get the eyeballs and that attention. But at the same time, I, I, that, that is a fascinating question, is what do you do when we've seen this team before and it's still kind of the same? Right. Like, the players have changed, but it's still Brian Kelly leading the charge there. Speaking of which, we talk about Jim Harbaugh. I don't know how much pressure is on Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly can keep putting up plenty of <laughs> winning seasons, but at some point I wonder where the expectations from Notre Dame fans for them to finally reach that that mountaintop again will ever come. I don't know when that's ever going to really kick in. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know what to do with Notre Dame. That's why I'm like kicking it back to you and scratching my head because <laughs> on one hand, I can't trust them because I know the history. I No matter what I do, I will never get 2012 out of my head no. and just yeah. how badly Alabama beat them. And then as you say, they've gone to the playoffs a few times and kind of screw and screwed up there, but at the they same, got smoked last year, thirty yeah, to three. It's kind of the same problem I have with Clemson. I think we mentioned this about Clemson that you know Clemson may be strong, but that's a weak schedule they play. And Notre Dame kind of has the same problem. They play a lot of ACC schools because of the deal. And Notre Dame's you know Notre Dame may end end up running the table, but what do you do with their strength of schedule? Yeah, where where do you slot it? You know, how impressive will it truly be? Because as it looks right now, their biggest game of the year, their most potentially impactful game on their schedule was a game they just lost. Now, granted, a little closer, 23-17 to 17, than most people thought. They do go to Michigan on the 26th, but, you know, Michigan is – it's tainted right now. Fascinating stuff coming out of week – for the college football season as we close the book and open the chapter for the NFL next. All right, so I've got tons of injury news that we'll get to. We'll spend our final hour previewing the big matchups. This was one of the wildest weeks I ever remember in the NFL, and I will get triggered at some point in this final hour. As we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. All you have to do is go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Jason Martin's out. I'm Chris Plank. This is Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Do you know, Ryan Bershinger, how proud Mike Harmon would have been with you and I during that commercial break. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Oh my gosh. Is he st- does he still come in ridiculously early in the morning? He he'll be here. Yeah, he'll he'll be here in like 5 6 hours from now. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. See because back in the back in my day, whenever I would fill in for Jonas, sometimes Harmon would be in at like 2 in the morning. Yeah. So he's He'd slip in and do a little fantasy talk. Yeah, disco us. fantasy. Since uh, since Jonas yes. isn't on Saturday nights anymore, he he hasn't been uh, coming in for that. But uh, well, tell him tell him to come in. Tell him to come in next weekend. Yeah, we should say come in. We we'll should. do disco fan. We'll bring it back. Oh, I, here here's the thing though. By next weekend, I could be done with fantasy. I could just tap out and say I'm finished with this thing. It's stupid because I won my league last year. You won your league last year, right? I we did, were champs. Yes. Mm-hmm. I yeah. suck this year. It's horrible. It's sad. Maybe I should stop drafting so many Saints and realize that Father Time at some point is going to win. <sighs> By the way, Mike Harmon coming up as part of our NFL coverage later today right here on Fox Sports Radio. We are merely the tailgate show to Andy Furman and Brian No, But in our final hour and ten minutes, we are all in on the NFL. And uh, real quick to wrap up hour number two, I want you guys to hear something amazing before we get into the injuries. Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically, with no limits to how much will match. Millions of people a year are getting their cash back matched. Discover cash back match. What are you waiting for? Learn more at discover.com slash cash back match. All right, so uh, Perfect mentioned this last hour. Every single Sunday morning, you get this news dump from injuries at like 1.50 Pacific time. So here's what we know, according to Ian Rappaport on the Twitter.com. First of all, Mark Andrews, former Sooner, current Raven, top target for Lamar Jackson, is expected to play today 
despite the fact that he's battling a foot injury. He's listed as questionable. Start at your own risk. Meanwhile, we will have... I wanted to get into this in the final hour at some point. We will have the ultimate matchup of former five-star quarterbacks today when Carolina takes on Arizona. Kyle Allen gets the start. The good news, he'll have his full offensive players available, including Greg Olson, who was listed as questionable but is expected to play today. Kyle Allen is the reason, in some people's opinion, why Kyler Murray transferred from A&M. They were both five-star quarterbacks. They signed with Texas A&M. When things kind of struggled a little bit early on for Kyler Murray, Kevin Sumlin went with Kyle Allen. Boom, Kyler Murray transfers to Oklahoma, and as they would say, the rest is history. So I'm sure A&M fans will try to take credit for this one today as Kyle Allen and Kyler Murray score off against each other. Chris, what's going on in Detroit? Lions getting healthier. Gerard Davis and uh, linebacker Gerard Davis and left tackle Taylor Decker both have a good shot to play today. Neither played last week. How big is that for your Lions? Huge, right? Yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, offensive line, this team's going to live and die by that. And having Jared Davis back is definitely going to help the defense. I know, meanwhile, for the Eagles, their uh, Schefter is reporting that their wide receiver, Alshon Jeffrey, is unlikely to play against the Lions. So this could be interesting that, you know, this is a really interesting matchup between the Eagles and Lions. And, I mean, the Eagles are already kind of bitten with injuries. They were so injured, I think, on Wednesday, they couldn't actually call it a uh, practice. They had to wow. call it a walkthrough. So, it just this is, this is kind of more fuel for the fire. So, the Eagles injury report that Chris is talking about, Deshaun Jackson is already out, and Alshon Jeffrey considered a long shot to play today. The Raiders and the Vikings come up at noon central time. Trent Brown... Their starting right tackle listed as questionable, as is LaShawn McCoy. Shady tweaked an ankle last week. He's considered a game-time decision, though there is some optimism. Meanwhile, in Houston, Laramie Tunzel, who hurt his ankle last week, is listed as questionable, but apparently will try, will try to play. And then finally, Colts offensive playmakers T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack will both be pre- or excuse me, game time decisions, but there's optimism as both work out well that they could possibly be active and ready to play today. We'll have more injury updates as we count down to week three in the NFL. Tons of tidbits. Oh, and I'm still watching these highlights from UCLA and Washington State trying to figure out how the Bruins pulled it off. We're all NFL next hour right here on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, let's go. Final hour, border to border, coast to coast, as the great Ben Maller would say, in the in the air everywhere. It's Fox Sports Radio. And we come to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Along with Chris Perfett, Ryan Bershinger, and Brian Finley, I'm Chris Plank. And big thumbs up, high fives, kudos all the way around to our uh, our peeps, the iHeartRadio Music Festival, rocking. It's been fun to follow on Twitter. I will say I love listening to it. 
So that's the only reason why I was mad that I had to work tonight, because I didn't get to listen on the app. You can listen to it as well. Simply download the iHeartRadio app, and kudos. Kudos to the fam, man. That was a great event out in Vegas, and many, many more to come. Now, I've, uh, I've tried to control myself since about, let's see, three weeks ago, because I, I, I have a problem, guys. I am... I am not one of these people that can jump on my radio show and pretend like I'm not a fan of a team. I am. I'm a diehard Oakland Raiders fan. I have been since the days of Rusty Hilger, Mark Wilson, and, of course, Jim Plunkett. So when I talk about a topic like Antonio Brown, I feel like that I need to go ahead and give that caveat, right? I mean – Ryan, isn't it only fair that if you feel like I have some biases, I get them out so you can judge me first and then decide if I'm allowing my homerism to kind of cloud my judgment? I think that's the only fair way to do it, right? Sure. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's good. So I've kind of been dreading this because I am very triggered by this. And, And I think there are certain things that everybody gets triggered by. Everyone in life gets triggered by something. Someone driving slow in the left hand lane. It's someone who uses their turn signal to change lanes and then never turns their signal off and just keeps it on and on and on. Uh, it, it might be it might be hypothetically someone who always has to bring up the political side to things. I mean, there there is somebody at 5.03 a.m. Eastern time that is so excited to wake up and check social media to be outraged by something the president said. So you know, everyone has their own little thing, right? So I'm just, I'm saying if, if you know this, then I'm, I'm triggered by this, then maybe it might help you better understand my rage. First of all, I'm very happy he's not in the NFL because I, I think he's a bad guy. I'm not rooting against him. I'm not sitting here saying that I didn't fight with Steeler fans when he came to Oakland and they said... It's it's going to be a mess. I'm just warning you. And my point was, you're wrong. You're crazy. Look at him. He and Derek Carr are buddies. They're bro-hugging each other. Their kids are playing together. It's awesome. You were right. Steeler fan, you know what? You get the ultimate you were right in this whole situation. So I know that maybe your season might not pan out like you want. And you gave up a first-round pick with the way things are going right now. Could have ended up being a pretty high first-round pick. But... You get the ultimate I told you so in this whole saga. But as we sit here in week three, and Antonio Brown is without a football team, I'm not someone that's going to say kudos to New England. I don't think New England needed to pick him up to begin with. I think that was greed. I think I really think it was. And honestly, the only, the only person who seemed to have any sense in this whole saga for New England was their owner, Robert Kraft. And... I understand that Bill Belichick is an ultimate win-everything guy. Who isn't? Who isn't as a football fan? Uh, Everyone, oh, don't you have morals? Yeah, really. Nobody cares about morals or GPAs. They care about winning. I mean, that's just the the unfortunate reality of of football, college and pro. GPA is more for college, obviously. But they didn't need need them. I could understand the concern about trying to keep up with Kansas City. And... 
you know, the, the Chiefs haven't even really hit their stride yet. I mean, if the Raiders don't turn the ball over twice, that might be a pretty damn exciting game on Sunday between Oakland and Kansas City. But Derek Carr has this insane ability to want to throw a fade pattern at the goal line when you have Josh Jacobs. Did I just knock us off the air hitting the equipment? I'm sorry. So, anyway, I can understand where the Patriots want to step back and say, all right, we got to find some way to be able to outscore what Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City is doing. But here's where my frustration lies in all of this. And it has nothing – honestly, right now, I, I think it's – I think it's sad because I could only wish to have the God-given talent that Antonio Brown has. I really do. I could only wish to have that natural athleticism that he possesses. I could train, gentlemen, every day from the time that I was – three years old until the time that I was 18 years old and not have one one hundredth of the athletic ability that Antonio Brown has. I'm starting to believe, though, he could train every day from the time he was three until the time he's, what, almost 30, and he can't have the common sense that a majority of us have in life. But this isn't even about Antonio Brown because, to me, He's out of the NFL. We're moving on. Game over. This is about what the Boston media did. I mean, and again, I, I'll give credit to the sports radio crew because, you know, our our partners in Boston were the only ones that were standing up and saying something. I mean, the TV guys were at – I mean, you were you ready to throw a parade for Antonio Brown? Did you guys hear that press conference when they finally had four questions for Antonio Brown? Did you listen to it? The hard Oh, you don't mess with the Boston beat writers. Yeah, you do. Because they ask you, how are you getting along with Tom? Are you serious right now? And I understand. I get it. I've been in locker rooms before. I've been around PR people that say he won't answer questions about that. You know what? I still have yet to see someone that's a hardcore journalistic leader that listens to that and says, ooh, I better not ask anything of that nature. You guys sure didn't let off of Bill Belichick and the next day press conference. But Antonio Brown, someone who's been accused of sexual harassment, someone who for the first time, okay, if you want to talk football, if you want to talk football, for the first time since quitting on the Raiders, essentially saying release me after fighting the general manager, First time that he's talked publicly outside of some video with his dancing or dancing around in his backyard saying, Grandma, I'm free. And your first question is, how's it coming together with Tom? What an embarrassment. So, I'm happy. I'm happy that New England moved on from him. I'm not here high-fiving and saying, well done, good call. Because they, just like Oakland, just like Oakland, Tried to do everything to make it work. Now, granted, if you believe the, the, the tea leaves that are out there, Oakland did not have any knowledge of this. I don't know if I believe that or not. But as it stands right now, that's not the issue at hand. Here's the issue at hand with Antonio Brown if we get back to the player himself. And we'll go around. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> Sean, Sean with a good tweet. The Steelers aren't done. Just wait till tomorrow, bro. I kind of hope you're right for your own well-being, Sean. But 
I've watched Mason Rudolph play. You've seen him in the preseason. I've seen him in crunch time. Good luck with that. Um, getting back, though, to the point, Antonio Brown. Let's go around the horn on this. And let's see. I always feel like I try to start in like a fair order, move around a little bit. So, uh, Bershinger, Ryan, I'll start with you. Do you think Antonio Brown plays in the NFL again? Um, For as long as Dan Snyder owns a team, yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah. No, I, I think he will, um, but I don't think it's going to be until all of this, uh, the, the investigation and, and everything that's going on with him fair. is resolved. But I think you're right. I, I think somebody eventually is going to give him another shot. Perfect. Do you think he plays again? I think he's too hot for anyone to handle right now. It's the the streets are too hot right now when it comes to Antonio. Oh, I like that analogy. I, no, no, I like just, that. You 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 can't you can't threaten someone accusing you of a lawsuit and still expect to go to work next week. I know when it comes to covering the NFL, we have this weird kind of netherverse where we insist the NFL is also the law, and that also means that their decisions mean if you're innocent or not or something, or people will say, oh, you know, it shouldn't affect him, he should be able to play. You, you go out and and, acu- and threaten your you someone accusing you of sexual assault, see how fast that allows you to stay at work. See see how long you get to stay at work and keep doing your job in 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 any capacity, True. any walk of life. That is that's almost too much for the NFL to handle. If someone else picks him up at this point, I will be just gobsmacked. And to be honest, like I, I I'm already I'm already someone who gets really charged up on the topics of sexual assault. Did you assault. hear me? Did you yeah. hear me yelling about it? I, I'm, I hearing you talk is at least calm me down a little bit. <laughs> I I just I I this this would be this would be almost a bridge too far if someone else signs him. This would be a Rubicon cross that I just could not fathom to see the NFL pick up someone who is actively out there trying to do actual gangster moves by tell by telling you know his friends to check out this woman and pictures just of her kids her and yeah, yeah and and like putting out pictures of her kids like the details should like stop cold anyone thinking about this anyone with any kind of conscience i know those are kind of hard to come by sometimes in the nfl uh, i agree but in this but like i i just think it's too much it's just way too much all right and then uh because i how about this? This is me playing both sides of the fence. I agree with you, Bershinger, that he'll eventually play for the Redskins, but I think the NFL went out of its way to say, all right, this guy's not playing this year. I really, I think that's what the NFL was trying to say in their release. We can't put him on the exempt list now, but if you sign him, he will be subject to that. All right, so Finley, wrap us up. What do you think? Do you think Antonio Brown plays again in the NFL? Or Nick Cope with you. Oh, oh, he's working on I'm sorry. That's on me. I did not give Brian Finley the sign that he was rounding third base yet. I gave him the hold sign. I agree with both of you. I don't think that Antonio Brown's going to be on an NFL roster this year. I just don't. But I do think eventually he's going to end up getting signed by somebody because he's a generational talent. All right, I'm sorry, Brian. I tried to go to you too soon. That's my bad. I gave you the take sign whenever it was a curveball. So, um... We'll get to your take on that coming up here in just a bit. Because I'm I'm infatuated with this story. I'm infatuated and fascinated with it. I'm trying not to talk about it too much because, as you can tell, I get very triggered. And I think part of it, too, is because of what Chris just said. I 
think that we're talking about a league that hasn't necessarily taken sexual assault and claims of them very seriously over the last decade. They've started to by, well, the process of video. And, you know, the Tyree Kill saga is very concerning. And I know that the, the handful of Antonio Brown defenders that are out there, and I, they're out there, trust me, they'll be in my mentions here in just a bit. They'll say things like, well, why isn't Tyree Kill? Uh, why wasn't he suspended by the NFL? Why wasn't he ever put on the commissioner's exempt list? Well, th- there's a very simple answer. The accuser, in this case, the person who police had identified as the victim, didn't cooperate with the NFL. If she chose to, it might have been a much different story for Tyree Kill. But in a way, he got lucky. And, and then so did Kansas City, and they benefited from it because they signed him long-term and they stayed behind him. Do I think that we maybe knee-jerked a little bit in that story? Potentially. Potentially. But in this case, you have several accusers who are willing to put their name on it. And then he went as far as the text message? By the way, that's the thing that stood out for me. The Athletic has a really nice piece that was put together by Jeff Howe who has covered stories like this. And like I said, I'm not sitting here giving an attaboy, attaboy New England way to cut him. No, I mean, you should have never signed him in the first place. Robert Kraft, according to this report, became enraged on Friday when he heard the details of Brown's most recently reported incident of text messaging harassment. It was a former female acquaintance. So Kraft and Belichick spoke. They decided together to officially release Brown 11 days after the Patriots signed him. So there's no official, say, quote here from anybody involved, but Bill Belichick seemed to foreshadow it whenever he had his morning press conference and said, what, there's some things that we're looking into. From that moment forward, you kind of thought, oh boy, this is not going to end well. Patriots could have cut Brown a week earlier in wake of the civil suit. They could have cited similar detrimental conduct to recoup his money, but they just chose to give him a chance, and it backfired on him. Oh, man. I I don't feel bad for Antonio Brown. I don't feel bad for the Patriots. I don't feel bad for the Raiders. You knew what you were getting into. I feel like we underestimated how smart the Steelers are as an organization, which we never should do. Smart, sharp, solid. But in this instance, it's just it's another unfortunate example of wasted talent. Hope he gets his life right. Hope he gets things straightened out. Maybe he'll show up on the Masked Singer again. But for now, Antonio Brown, former NFL wide receiver. So can we put this in the rear view, Mal? Can we move forward? What a fascinating week in the NFL. Let's talk week three next. Some of the matchups. We'll hear from Mason Rudolph, Sean. We'll hear from your new starting quarterback and the belief that Pittsburgh obviously has in him. They moved on from Joshua Dobbs. They gave up a first-round pick to get Mika Fitzpatrick. What will that mean for the Steelers today? And could we see an upset? A lot of big spreads out there in the NFL. We'll dive into it all coming up here in mere moments. But if you want to hear something special, you need to listen right now. Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically with no limit to how much will match. Millions of people a year are getting their cash back matched. Discover cash back match. What are you waiting for? Learn more at discover.com slash cash back match. We'll dive into the matchups next. Chris Plank sitting in for Jason Martin on Fox Sports Radio. 
Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. I am so bad at picking games. You know, I had kind of circled a segment before we got out of here to maybe pick some games. But as we welcome you back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I got a pick right this weekend in college football. You know what my lock was? My lock this weekend was Louisiana Monroe to cover 19 versus Iowa State. Didn't Iowa State put like 70 on the board against the Warhawks? How bad is Florida State? ULM had to miss an extra point to lose to Florida State. I believed in Utah on Friday night. Oh, I got I got Colorado right. I got Colorado right. That was a good one. How do gamblers do it, gentlemen? How do they do it? I have no idea. We'll do our best. We'll throw some picks out coming up here in mere moments. My name is Chris Plank. I'm sitting in tonight for Jason Martin, who's off getting married and having his honeymoon. So you're stuck with me this week and next week. Of course, the crew is still here. Chris Perfect running the show. Ryan Bershinger, though... It, Am I to understand correctly, Ryan, that the legend Eric Roberts is back next weekend and you're not here? Is I this right? I believe so. I believe you, Rob? so. 
You yeah. better be prepared for some really bad Buffalo Bills talk if he's in next week. And, of course, Brian Finley on updates all night long. Let's finally – and I want to defend myself here because I had a couple people reach out on Twitter say, what are you doing even bringing up Antonio Brown? It's an old story, blah, blah, blah. You're right. I agree. I'm not going to fight you on that one. I'm not going to stand up and say, how dare you? Aren't? No, no, I don't, I don't care. You're right. But here's why I brought it up. And this is the only reason why I brought it up was because, A, I really wanted to rant on it. I'm still very angry about it as a bitter Raiders fan. And then, B, Drew Rosenhaus told Adam Schefter today that he's already had communication with a few teams that are interested in his, in his client and that, quote, want information regarding his legal situation and the NFL investigation. Other people around the league believe that until the league's investigation is resolved, a deal is not likely to happen. So part of the reason why I brought it up, just, you know, I think it's one of the storylines in what was a fascinating week top to bottom in the NFL. Here's a number that I heard Bernie Fratto bring up earlier that I thought was fascinating. You have seven quarterbacks, seven, that were not necessarily opening day starters that are getting starts this weekend. Seven. That's incredible. Josh Rosen getting the call for the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, Jacoby Brissett now the guy with the Indianapolis Colts. Luke Falk starting for the Jets. Kyle Allen gets the start for the Panthers in their showdown with the Arizona Cardinals. Daniel Jones is the man now for the foreseeable future with the Giants. The Steelers are going with Mason Rudolph. And then, of course, the Saints with – I. Do we have confirmation, by the way, that they're going with Teddy Bridgewater, or is it still somewhat of a game-time decision between Bridgewater and Hill? Regardless, that's seven. And you know, I think with the way things are going with Mitch Trubisky, it wouldn't surprise me to see Chase Daniel get a shot sooner rather than later. But I know I feel like every single year after week three or four, we have a conversation about how injuries are more prominent than they've ever been before. Every year. We do this. But I don't know if we've ever had it with stars to this caliber. The NFL, much like football in general, is a quarterback-driven league. And Drew Brees is out six to eight weeks. I'm sorry, but if that's the right hand, I think it might be more like eight instead of six. Medicine's fascinating. Recovery is incredible. Dude's 40. Things change when you're 40. Things change when you're 40. I used to do the overnight show. And I'd be fine the rest of the day. As soon as I hit 40 when I fill in on the overnight show, I'm done. My Sunday's shot. I got to sleep all day. Mold. And now, obviously, I'm not an elite athlete, and I'm not trying to compare myself to Drew Brees. It's just your body changes. Same with Big Ben Roethlisberger. I, I said this last Sunday night with Arnie Spanier. I think Big Ben's career is over. I don't think he's going to play again. Then you have Daniel Jones in New York. By the way, you know, I was talking earlier about that hardcore Boston media and their how-does-it-feel-to-play-with-Tom question when they finally got a chance to talk to Antonio Brown. You know who else I'm kind of triggered by this week? The New York media. And here's why. Because they've spent the better part of how long has Eli Manning been the quarterback of the Giants, like 116 years? They've spent the better part of that time complaining about Eli Manning, cringing about him. He needs to go to the bench. He's terrible. And when they finally benched him two years ago and they went with Geno Smith, everyone lost their minds. Oh, you can't bench a legend. What are you talking about? You guys have been calling for it forever. And then they make the move 
to give Daniel Jones the start, and y'all are complaining because they didn't have a press conference right away? What a bunch of babies. Get out of here with that. Giants made a smart move. They made the right move because they had to. They were going nowhere with Eli Manning. And I like Eli. Got no problem with Eli. But I don't want him as my quarterback. Give me a shot with Daniel Jones. Regardless of how much y'all crushed it whenever he got drafted, I'll take my chances. So you had a starting quarterback change in the NFL that replaced a legend. You had two Hall of Famers that one of their seasons is over in Big Ben. One of their seasons very much in peril in Drew Brees. And oh, we had an early season trade as well. You mix in the Antonio Brown drama, the Jalen Ramsey trade request. I mean, it's it's going to be a challenge for the games to live up to the excitement that we had off the field heading into this weekend. When we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, let's take you through the locker room to kind of hear how some of the particulars felt about some of the moves that were made leading into week three of the NFL season. Plus, uh, what's, what's Lee Corso's line on game day? Not so fast. Not so fast on crowning some of these 2-0 and teams and burying some of these 0-2 teams. I'll give you some stats to back it up. But first, he's back, Brian Finley, with everything going on in the world of sports from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. What's going on, Brian? What's going on, Chris? And not so fast for considering Chip Kelly. Old news, he's back in the headlines and with an unforeseen ending in Pullman. Thompson Robinson, play fake, looking left, all kinds of time, now throws back, wide open, in the far corner of the end zone, it's caught, touchdown to UCLA, Devin Asiasi. Nick Cope of UCLA Learfield IMG College on the call, the Bruins flabbergast, 19th ranked Washington State, 67-63. UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson accounted for 507 yards in the air, five touchdowns. The Bruins fended off a 32-point third-quarter deficit by scoring 50 second-half points. UCLA also forced six turnovers and got their first win against a ranked team since 2015. Third-ranked Georgia stepping past number 7 Notre Dame, 23-17. The Bulldogs had Jake Fromm throw a 15-yard go-ahead touchdown in the fourth quarter. Eighth-ranked Auburn holds off a late comeback attempt by 17th-ranked Texas A&M, 28-20 the final. Number 12, Texas gets past Oklahoma State, 36-30. Sam Ellinger found the end zone four times, and the Longhorns finally get a win, an elusive win over the Cowboys, ending a four-game skid to OSU. Colorado gets past Arizona State, the 24th team in the land, 34-31. The Buffs hit the game-winning field goal with about two minutes left, a 44-yarder and lock up the win. A couple injury notes from NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, Lions linebacker Jared Davis nursing an ankle injury and left tackle Taylor Decker burdened by a back injury are trending towards playing today. Ravens tight end Mark Andrews is on track to play today. He's listed as questionable with a foot injury. And Texas offensive li- Texans offensive lineman and may I add former Ole Miss Rebel Laramie Tunsil is expected to be a go today despite an aching ankle injury. Now back to Chris Plank who reps Oklahoma. We got Texas Tech. Early morning start next Saturday. (laughs) Get ready, 9 a.m. As one of my friends used to say, that would be called the Wake and Bake Special. I have no (laughs) idea what he's talking about. I don't even know what that means. As we uh, come to you live from the Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO, it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance. All you have to do is go to GEICO.com or or maybe pick up your phone and call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. By the way, 
I can't believe I haven't touched on my favorite story from the night yet, and maybe we'll do so in our last segment. But the Clemson-Charlotte game was so exciting that there was no halftime show. Please, please tell me you saw this, Bershinger. Please tell me you saw this, Perfect. Did you guys see this story about what they did at halftime of the Clemson-Charlotte game? No. No, I did not, actually. They filmed a Disney movie. Oh, great. Yeah. Great. So, according to Matt Schick, who covers Clemson, he tweeted, An odd scene. It's the second quarter, and the Clemson Tigers are about to run down the hill. They're actors filming a scene for the Disney movie. So, basically... The Disney production crew filmed scenes for an upcoming movie about Ray Ray. Oh my gosh, I'm going to say his last name wrong. McElrathaby and his time at Clemson. So instead of, you know, maybe being able to fake something and use a little CG, no, no, no. They uh, they kind of went out there and uh, and just faked them running onto the field <laughs> at halftime. So. You know, usually your halftime show is a band. Like, ladies and gentlemen, the pride of Oklahoma. Band comes out and plays. No, no, no. It's like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to fake some football for you. Here we go. And I guess they were into it as well, too. They even ran a few plays out on the field. They had Clemson's 2006 defense out there kind of playing out a few plays. The halftime portion uh, is about the movie Safety, which is being shot at Clemson this week. The movie, which is a Disney production, is about the life of a former Clemson player. Fans were encouraged to remain in their seats during halftime. Can you imagine that? <laughs> you you go to a football game, your team is rolling, and all of a sudden, let's say you're not really paying attention, and you see him come back and take the field. It's like, oh, oh, oh okay, I guess we're blowing off halftime here. But yeah, they filmed a Disney movie at halftime of the Clemson-Charlotte game. That's how exciting that bad boy was. Thanks to Jack Mack at Barstool for uh, turning us on to that one. All right, let's get back to the NFL. Big weekend ahead of us. You know, a lot of big spreads. You know, we were talking about the fact that the Cowboys at last check are a 23-point favorite for their 1 o'clock Eastern kick against the Miami Dolphins. The New England Patriots are a 21 and a half point favorite for their showdown with the Jets. And, you know, I got to be honest with you, I kind of thought that the fact that the 49ers were a six and a half point favorite over the Steelers was a pretty high number, as was the Raiders being a nine point dog to the Minnesota Vikings. But one game that I think has everyone's attention is in Kansas City, where Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs will square off against the suddenly resurgent Lamar Jackson. And the Baltimore Ravens. Here's what Mahomes had to say about the growth of his, I got, I'm gonna say comrade, of his counterpart <laughs> at quarterback for the Ravens. It's gonna be a great experience. I mean, we got to play last year, and then seeing his uh, progression with the understanding of the offense. I mean, I understand uh, going from year one to year two. There's, there's a huge switch that you kind of start understanding the offense at a different level, and it's able to let him have success more as a passer. So it's going to be a great challenge. Like I said, for, for our whole team, they're, they're, they're great in every aspect of the game, and I feel like we are too, so it'll be a, a great opponent to start off with at home. Again, if you missed it earlier, the major injury situation here is for both teams. First of all, for Kansas City, 
LaShawn McCoy, the newest addition at running back for Kansas City, is battling an ankle injury. They did not run the ball well against the Raiders last week. But uh, if McCoy can't go, and they're already dinged up with Damian Williams, they could really have a depth struggle at tailback. Meanwhile, Baltimore looks like they'll be without Mark Andrews. They're tied in. He's going to try to give it a go through pregame warm-ups. He's been battling an ankle injury, but the good news is they have Lamar Jackson. He's 100%, and he knows what his job is. Ravens versus Chiefs. You know, I don't really look at it like I'm competing against him. I'm competing against his defense. If anything, I depend on my defense, you know, to do a great job of stopping him, and my job is to score points, so that, that's what I'm going to do. Here's the big, I guess you could say, angle for today's game between Kansas City and Baltimore. And you know that we're we're getting close to the fun time of the year whenever we're able to start bringing up the potential of weather. And in Kansas City today, it's not cold, it's not ice, it's not snow, but it's, it's wet. And there were storms. In fact, last I checked, it was raining as we speak in Kansas City. And they're expecting thunderstorms Throughout the day, they had a major. Oh, I get to play weatherman here real quick. Here we go. They had a major storm system that pushed through late last night into early this morning. It's kind of hovering over Kansas City as we speak. The good news is there's a nice little window that appears to kind of open up around noon. The bad news is there is a massive thunderstorm that's developing right behind it. So there is a good chance on that grass field in Kansas City. It could get a little bit messy today between the uh, Oklahoma – I said the Oklahoma Sooners. It could get a little bit messy today between the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. Meanwhile, take me inside the conversations between Pat Shermer, Eli Manning, and Stephen Jones and how it came to be – did I say Stephen Jones? Can we stop this segment now and start over? Daniel Jones, here's what Pat Shermer said about what he said to Eli Manning when they decided to make the change. When you're talking about people and emotions and those conversations, I'm going to keep that between me, certainly, and Eli. That's where we're at. Daniel's our starter. Uh, Eli will back him up, and we're moving forward. Here's what Eli Manning had to say. Is this the end of Eli Manning or just another phase? Uh, who knows? So, you know, you know, it's again, I'm not dying and the season's not over. So there's there's a lot, lot to be positive about, a lot to be grateful for, you know. And so I just got to, you know, kind of accept my new role and, and make the best of it. Yeah, and I, I, it doesn't sound like a guy that's going to throw too much of a fit. I mean, at, at some point I'm sure he's a competitor and he wants to be back out there. But I always – I kind of crack up. Because a lot of times whenever we see a story like this play out, our first reaction as fans is, well, who's going to go get him? Someone's going to go get Eli. You guys realize bringing a quarterback into a team, it's not like drafting a defensive lineman or a running back, or trading for, I guess I should say. Quarterback's got to know the system. I mean, it's, it's not easy to just simply learn a system overnight. It's not snap the ball to him, have him turn and hand it off or, or throw it around. There's a process. So I don't think there's any team right now that can grab an Eli Manning and have him ready to go in a week. It's just not the reality of football. So I think he's a giant. I think he's going to be there until he decides that maybe he asks for a deal, and I don't think that's going to be until the end of the season. And then finally, just real quick in a trip around some of the moves at the quarterback position, Mason Rudolph is the man now in Pittsburgh, the former Oklahoma State Cowboy, will get the start for the Steelers today. 
I'm not going to be someone who I'm not. I'm going to be you know, the same guy I was last week, and uh, I, think, I think everyone would respect that. If I was trying to be Mr. Vocal and calling people out, you know, I w- I wouldn't, that's not me. That's not who I am. So I think they would, they would see that change and dislike that more than, than me just being myself. And if giving up a first-round pick to go get Minka Fitzpatrick wasn't enough evidence, how about Mike Com- uh, Tomlin really building up the confidence in the former Cowboy quarterback? You know, from a team perspective, uh, we had a great deal of confidence in Mason. It's the natural uh, process that is team sport. Um, one man goes down, the next man steps up. And uh, what does it look like for the future of Ben Roethlisberger? We released some statements, I think, yesterday that really kind of outline our, our collective sentiments as we sit here right now. And, and Ben released a statement as well. Um, he fully intends to come back from this injury. And everything that we've heard, we're, we're comfortable that that is a strong possibility. So the Steelers will play minus Ben Roethlisberger. That's going to take a little bit of getting used to on the West Coast today against the San Francisco 49ers with a 425 kick. All right, we'll pick a handful of games, and then we'll get out of the way for Andy Furman and Brian No as we wrap up yet another edition of what I like to consider to be the best time slot in all of radio. Everybody's listening, right? It's the Jason Martin Show. I'm Chris Blank sitting in. We'll pick some games, and we'll get out of your way next right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm still trying to fathom that UCLA came back and won that game. I I know that it's, like, impossible, but UCLA won. If if you went to bed early and you're just waking up on the East Coast or the Central Time Zone, yeah, UCLA won. They were down 32 in the third quarter. And I don't know if there was a college football team with an offensive guru that looked more inept through the first two weeks of the season than UCLA. But hello, they come back to beat Washington State. And by the way, Washington State helped them out with six turnovers, but still, should have won that game. Unbelievable. Hey, Brian No and Andy Furman are coming up next. But we'd be remiss if we didn't kind of do what every sports radio show does in America and wrap up with a few picks. So, here's what we got. I have challenged and charged both Chris Perfett and Ryan Bershinger to pick two games each. So that way, between the three of us, we got six picks. And then, since Brian Finley is obviously the smartest guy in the room, we're going to give him some scenarios to help us figure out for today. So, gentlemen, are you ready? I, I feel like that it is my duty to throw one of my first picks out, so I will go ahead and tell you that as I've picked every single year for the last 20 straight seasons, the Oakland Raiders will go on the road and cover the eight and a half. Num- number just moved. Eight and a half. I'm taking the Raiders plus eight and a half against the Minnesota Vikings today. Chris, which pick you want to go with first? Who? Okay. Um, no pressure. It's fun- it's, no, it's funny enough because I had the Oakland plus eight and a half on, Good call. Pri- on our Smart private man. Detroit betting thing. Uh, I'm going to take Cincinnati plus six at Buffalo. Uh, I know that Buffalo has a lot of shine to them, but a lot it's going to be riding on the health of Devin Singletary. I also don't really believe in Buffalo beating up Neither on two I. bad New York teams. And get this, like the Cincinnati is dead last in red zone efficiency, which usually means, for me, I think that means their train's going to come in sooner or later. I, I like Cincinnati, and I like the points I'm getting. Bershinger, which direction do you want to go? I'm going to take the Falcons uh, plus a point and a half in Ooh. Indianapolis. Okay. Uh, especially with, with Mack and Hilton uh, nursing injuries. I think the Falcons are just a better team. Uh, I like that play there. Okay. I'm going to go to Sunday night football. 
And since everybody's panicking about the Cleveland Browns, I get myself some points at home for Cleveland. My goodness, people. It's going to be okay. They've got a new head coach, a little bit of a new mindset. Baker Mayfield's fine. He didn't ruin himself because he did commercials. And you all can quit calling him out on social media because you know he'll react. That's the only reason you do it. I'm hip to you. Give me the Cleveland Browns plus three and a half on Sunday night at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland. I think they're going to beat them. I don't need the points, as Arnie would say. I don't want the points. I don't need the points. But I'll take it. Plus three and a half for the Browns. Chris? I'm taking San Francisco, and I'm going to be laying six and a half Whoa, here. I, oh, that's I, a big number. Well, I, I like inside the hook. So the hook's always the thing. If I'm getting below a touchdown here, so I'm good there. And I've, I'm selling hard. I'm selling hard on the Steelers right now. I don't believe in San Francisco being the world beaters yet, but there's, there's, they're, they're starting Mason Rudolph. I've got no faith in Steelers <laughs> to do much of anything. This is, this is a team that's just waiting for someone to put them out of their misery. All right, and Bershinger, you get the last pick. Uh, I agree with Chris there on the Niners. Um, I'm going to take the Texans plus three in Los Angeles against the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers get that, that three-point home advantage, but let's be real, uh, the L.A. Chargers don't really get home field advantage, so I'm going to take <laughs> the Texans plus three there. All right, and then finally, Finley, help me out with a prop bet. You ready? All right, let's do it. Dolphins total points scored, which one will be higher? The Dolphins and the total points scored are the first quarter points from the Dallas Cowboys. Well, see, Chris, I... I'm going on a limb here because Josh Rosen is starting, and I'm a uh-huh. homer for Josh Rosen. Gotcha. That I'm going Dolphins with the upset here against the Cowboys. And then one more. Yes or no, the Jets score a touchdown against the Patriots today. I think there's more likely that Mark Sanchez has another butt fumble than the Jets scoring a touchdown. It's ugly. Yeah. By the way, if Luke Falk ends up being a good quarterback, you can go ahead and give Mike Leach an NFL job. <laughs> because NFL general managers sometimes are like the dude that finally finds a 20-year-old meme and shares it all over social media. They'll fall in love with this dude and act like it's breaking and trending whenever Mike Leach has been doing it forever. So there's our picks. We'll be back where we'll completely forget about him next Saturday night into a Sunday morning. From Brian Finley, for Chris Perfett, for Ryan Bershinger, I'm Chris Plank. Don't go anywhere. The fun is just starting with Andy and Brian next right here on Fox Sports Radio. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you.
Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.